thoughts. You complain about a life that you chose. You are not a victim. Not at all. Your generosity conceals something dirtier and meaner. You're incapable of facing your ambitions and you resent me for it, but I'm not the one who put you where you are. I've nothing to do with it. You're not sacrificing yourself, as you say. You choose to sit on the sidelines because you're afraid. Because your pride makes your head explode before you can even come up with the little jam of an idea. And now you wake up and you're 40 and you need someone to blame. And you're the one to blame. You're petrified by your own fucking standards. And your fear of failure. This is the truth. Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, join the discussion at The Rank Podcast on Twitter or X, Threads, Instagram, and TikTok on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com or at our email address, uh, therankwithjohnandzach at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at The Rank Podcast. That's patreon.com slash The Rank Podcast. And you can check out clips or full episodes on our YouTube channel, The Rank with John and Zach. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. This is really just a, it's a question for the Bruno Mars fandom. Mm. I don't know, are you in the Bruno Mars fandom? Are you a... No, I prefer Alicia Venus. Are you Alicia Venus? Is that, is that a person? Because it sounds like it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's a pretty good porn name. <laughs> um, but, well, Bruno Mars, the singer, Bruno Mars. You know him, right? I do know him. Yeah, I don't have an yeah. issue with him or anything, but I wouldn't. Yeah. Are, are you part of the, part of the do, fandom? Do you like the Bruno Mars uh, cinematic universe? I, I enjoy a good BM. Um. Uh, so anyway, yeah, but I was listening to music of his and just who is Julio in his songs? Because in one song, he says, um, I think it's an uptown funk with, yeah, he says, uh, Julio, get the stretch, meaning like Julio, go get my, my limo, I believe, is what he's trying to say. That sounds um, what, like what a stretch would be. Mm-hmm. And, it's uh, not a stretch to think that. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> You're like a little too excited today. I don't really know what to do with it. <laughs> Sorry. Go, go That's ahead. okay. But uh, um, yeah, but then in another song, he says, Julio served that scampi. So it's uh, butler. Yeah, he's got like, he has a manservant, I think, named Julio. What is that about? <laughs> Does he have, well, like, when he you have... got Bruno Mars money, you know? He got he became he got a valet, and the guy's name is Julio. It's very strange to me. And then he references this guy in songs tw- at least twice. I mean, I now I want to know who he is. Exactly, and like, why? Like, I don't know. Him? No, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> just <laughs> just want to talk about it. Just want to uh, talk about it. Who is Julio to Bruno Mars? Julio was Bruno Mars's personal assistant. Oh, I thought there was going to be more, but it just says Julio. <laughs> so oh, he, died. Low. he died. Yeah. What happened? 1963 to 2015. So he was only like 52. And behind the facade that Bruno had given him, a soldier, a convicted war criminal, a Homer Simpson prototype, and Bruno's closest friend. A war criminal? <laughs> Apparently. 
What? I gotta say, when I asked about who Julio was, I wasn't expecting him to be a war criminal. That was not the answer I was expecting. It would have been very long, that far down the list of, of, of descriptions that I was expecting. So that's then the Bruno Mars wiki. And okay. then I'm ready. Wait, hold on. There is a Bruno Mars wiki. I knew there yeah. was a fandom in, a, in an MCU for Bruno <laughs> Mars, a, a, a BMCU. Well, and on the Reddit, no stupid questions, mm -hmm. uh, somebody asked who is Julio, and they said Julio is his limo driver. Bruno yeah. Mars is terrified of planes, and if he has the option, he'll take his limo to shows. Okay. Doesn't answer the whole war criminal part. <laughs> I know. I don't know where that comes from. This is like Manuel Noriega or something went a secret identity, and he's now serving as 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 Bruno Mars's, I guess, his personal assistant. But it sounds an awful lot like a valet. To me. I tell you, we need to have a movie about Julio. Is what we need. can we get? Can we get a, a Julio movie? We just got to get the rights. Yeah. Um. I don't know. How do you get a person's rights? <laughs> Contact Bruno Mars. I guess. Well, you just yeah, exactly. You just. Bruno, give us the rights, please. Bruno, is that like grave robbing? Right, like you just dig them up and you're like, Well, I have them now, so yeah, well, he's mine, you can't do anything about it. So like, we can make the movie, yeah. <laughs> Whoever has possession Speaking... of the corpse can make the movie. <laughs> Speaking of possessing a corpse, um, an anime of a fall, let's, let's get into it. Possessing a corpse, <laughs> I actually don't know what happens to that corpse. I assume that the French ju legal justice system takes possession of it, which uh. We'll Actually, talk about, we'll talk about the French it. justice system. Yeah, no kidding. Actually, what happened with it is, you know how they like said, oh, it's just a dummy that they used dropping it from the attic? Mm -hmm. They just dropped, dropped his body several times. Just again, they kept that. Yeah, so they, they just can... kept doing it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he fell again. Um, yeah. I guess we should spoiler, spoiler alert it. Um, yeah. Since uh, well, anyway, for every episode, we uh, we have a little bit of banter to start off with, which you just heard, and we do a summary of the movie, and then spoiler alert: there will be discussion of the movie, the whole plot from beginning to end. So if you haven't seen it, you probably should watch it. And then we do the rank, which is uh, the namesake of the show. We rank it on ten categories on a scale of one to ten: one being the worst, ten being the best. The cumulative score between the two of us is how it gets ranked, and we'll find out what the best movie of 2023 is and also what the best movie of all time is. Well, of best picture nominees anyway, who knows, maybe the best movie of all time ever got nominated. It never got nominated. But today we're ranking anatomy of the fall of a fall, the 2023 best picture nominee starring Sandra Hewler, Swan Arlod and Milo Machado Grainer written by Arthur Harari and Justine Trier, uh, who also directed it. Since we actually know what the nominees are, so this is the first movie, the first Best Picture nominee that we're doing since the Best Picture nominees were announced, I can actually tell you what Anatomy of a Fall was nominated for. It was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Actress for San Sandra Hewler, <laughs> Best Director for Justine Trier, Best Film Editing, Best Original Screenplay, and of course, Best Picture. Weirdly, though, the film wasn't submitted for the International Feature Film uh, Academy Award by France. And so, you know, well, usually, yeah, I know. Usually the like the one that gets nominated that's an international for Best Picture, you're like, well, I guess they're going to win the international one. Mm. Um, although I guess there's two international ones nominated for Best Picture this year. This the zone mm. of interest. So, Past Lives is kind of international, but not really. Right. Well, it would. It's an American film. It's an American film. Yeah. It's but it's partly in. 
just goes to show the diversity of America. So yeah. Well, Anatomy of a Fall follows in, follows the investigation and subsequent trial over the death of Samuel Molesky. The investigation leads to the accusation and indictment of his wife, Sandra Voiter, a novelist for his murder. However, the only witness to this potential crime is their blind son, Daniel. The film purposely conceals the eventual verdict in ambiguity and lets the audience take the part of juror, as we also witness the effects that something like this would have on the well-being of the accused and someone close to them. So we finally reached the point where we know where we know what the nominees are for this year. So we don't have to guess on what to record anymore, which I'm just going to say it. We guessed pretty well, you know, we guessed pretty perfectly. Not only did we guess correctly for the six that we recorded, but we almost got the top six movies by nomination numbers. So as well, really? Well, done. yeah, we got the top four um, killer. So Oppenheimer 13. Four things had 11. Killers of the Flower Moon had 10. Mm. The only thing we missed was Maestro, which beat American Fiction and the Holdovers with seven nominations to five. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not bad, though, I thought. I think we uh, did okay. All right, well, let's it's dive. Most, it's mostly you who decided which ones to do. You know? Well, we decided it together. Don't, don't, don't take your credit away here. Okay, I won't. I was part of it. <laughs> well, let's dive straight into it, and we'll start with the potent notables, as always. Potent notables. So, we always start off the potent notables with the box office results, and I'm guessing that this movie will get another push in theaters due to the nomination for Best Picture. Um, but as of right now, it has $4 million domestically and $19.2 million internationally for a worldwide total of $23.1 million. And this was against a budget of 6.2 million euros or $6.7 million. So it did, it did pretty well. Yeah. For a French movie. <laughs> God. Ugh. I was thinking that through the whole thing. I'm like, thank God we're watching a German lady through this because otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an interesting situation. I know. I I liked it because it ended up making it easier for for me. <laughs> They're like more English. <laughs> She's like, can we switch to English? And you're like, me too. I would also like to switch to English. <laughs> That's exactly right. So Justine Trier wrote the film for. Sorry, I don't, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. It's exactly right. Um, she wrote the film for Sandra Hüller. Um, <laughs> You're having a special fun with the, with with that umlaut. Umlaut, So the first thing Sandra Ula asked Justine <laughs> was, "Is she innocent or not?" Mm. This quote, by the way, and of course Trier didn't want to answer Sandra, uh, didn't, but but she pressed her right. Mm. So eventually Justine replied with what Sandra called the quote famous sentence mm. quote. Justine said, I want you to play her like she's innocent. Swear to God, your accents are they're just great. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I think I do good accents. So she is innocent. <laughs> so she played her like she was innocent, though. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So at the 2023 Cannes Film Festival, Sandra Hewler was widely expected to win the award for Best Actress, which mm -hmm. eluded her seven years ago with uh, the movie Tony Edman. Edman. Uh, Edman. Um, however, Anatomy of a Fall was chosen for the top prize instead, and a movie can only win one of the main prizes. Wow. Which I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that either, actually. And uh, Khan is both fair but also full of shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I get what they're saying, but no, that's dumb. You can't have the best picture and also have good acting. Yeah, I know. It's one or the other. Pick one. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll take good best picture. So obviously that means that means it won the Palme d'Or mm -hmm. um, at the uh, at the Cannes Film Festival. It was the seventy sixth Cannes Film Festival, but it is only the third film directed by a woman to be given the award, mm -hmm. uh, alongside Juliette Conan Titan in 2021 mm. and uh jane campion's the piano in 1993 mm. it is also the 100th film to be awarded the palm d'or oh wow or palm d'or or i don't know how you say it sorry it doesn't matter or the equivalent top prize at the con film festival so even though it was only the 76th festival it was the 100th winner because the first few years awarded five to 11 winners and multiple festivals throughout the years have had have had ties for this award. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. It is. It seems kind of better to just be like, these are the five to eleven best pictures. Yeah. But anyway, this is where we get into uh, sort of why um, it wasn't submitted as the international film for France. Mm -hmm. So Justine Trier's acceptance speech for the Palme d'Or uh, at the 2023 Cannes Film Festival mm. was... Uh, <laughs> you know French, right? You're, you're a native French speaker, I believe. Yeah, can you tell? Yeah. Um, was heavily critical of the French government's cultural policies and its violent response to the pension reform demonstrations. Wow. Yeah. I like so it. This, so this caused quite a stir in France and was received very coldly by the French government. <laughs> When the I'm imagining her making this passionate speech in the French government. The entire French government is in the audience, like, <laughs> like <laughs> we oh, do yeah, not like this, Justine. Yeah, they're being just very French about it. Like, me. Yeah. Unfair. I, How could I, he? Could he I, will, <laughs> I will leave here and smoke a cigarette mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and eat a baguette. Um. Mm -hmm. So that was. So anyway. When the time came to announce the French submission for the Academy Award for Best International Feature Film, everyone figured Anatomy of a Fall would naturally be selected as it had all mm -hmm. the attributes of a great submission, right? A critically acclaimed movie with very impressive box office results, a prestigious Palme d'Or, and all the recognition that comes with it. A lot of English language dialogue making it an easier sell in the North American market, a serious yet very modern subject, great performances, etc. right? Mm -hmm. So when the taste of things was selected as the submission, many people suspected that Justine Trier was punished for her speech. Mm. I mean, it seems likely. I think it's likely, yeah. It's also stupid, but whatever. <laughs> also, after actress Jane Fonda announced that director Justine Trier had won the Palme d'Or mm -hmm. at the 2023 Cannes Film Festival for this film, mm -hmm. Trier gave her acceptance speech and then left the stage to the nearby bleachers on stage where the rest of her team was waiting. Mm -hmm. But she forgot her award. 
<laughs> just left it there. <laughs> yeah. Which it's a rolled paper certificate. So it's like, oh. not, it's not a, like a, yeah, it's know, not a statue. Yeah. It's not a trophy, but she left it on the podium. So Fonda picked it up and ha- and tried to get Tria- Tria's attention to give it to her, but she didn't notice. So <laughs> after a few more tries, Fonda tossed the certificate in Tria's, Tria's direction. Okay. And threw up her hands in joking resignation, and the crowd laughed along with her. Oh, okay, good. As long as it was a joke. So I was like, what's your issue, fucking Jane Fonda? Just, why, is this your, why is this your responsibility? <laughs> Well, she announced it. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, what I mean is that it's not like her giving Justine Tree the award. Like, here, I got this for you. And then somebody walks away. That would be annoying. <laughs> this, I mean, she, she could have just left. Been like, all right, well, nobody gets it, I guess. Like when uh, Tony Stark isn't at the Apogee Awards and mm-hmm. uh, Terrence Howard has to present it to Obadiah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I bet people didn't think there was going to be that reference going on in this. I, I didn't, but I'm all right with it. So as the movie is about the search for truth, no real flashback was allowed by the writers. The only two in the movie, the quarrel and the car mm. ride to the vet, mm. are seen by the audience through the use of audio in the courtroom, either an audio recording or a vocal recollection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not somebody's memory. Well, it is someone's memory. The what is? Part. Yeah, but, exactly. But uh, it's oh, but only know. Daniels is the memory, but the other yeah. one is, you know, what the tape show, what the tape is presenting, and even even like, it's interesting because even you know in the tape you hear the thudding and stuff, and he's saying mm-hmm. how, and you kind of assume that Sandra's just like beating his ass, mm-hmm. um, but then she like gives a different explanation for it, but we don't see that, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's ambiguous. Um. The actor for Daniel, the son, was very hard to find. Mm-hmm. They looked for him for four months and came up with nothing. So they <laughs> had to look again for. <laughs> I'm sorry, just the way this phrase it sounds like they 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 knew him and they were just, they were looking for him. He yeah, right. Or something like that. <laughs> Daniel, actor man. Well, he is. couldn't see them, you know. So he <laughs> turns out he was right there. Yeah, <laughs> just like behind something or something, and he was like, "What? Where these guys calling me?" Yeah. <laughs> He could, you know, there was no tape, so he just mm-hmm. didn't know how to get to him. Um, exactly. So they had to look again for three more months until they found <laughs> Milo Machado Grainer. I'm just still, still imagining that exact same image, and it's still making me laugh. Let me let's move on. Milo Machado Grainer, indeed. But then he went into intensive piano lessons to get ready for the shooting. <laughs> okay. So, um. The ball bouncing down the stairs at the beginning of the film was difficult Mm. to get right. They needed the ball not to bounce too fast and roll out of frame, so they Mm. dipped it in a dog-friendly glue to slow the ball down. Oh. I thought that was kind of fun. Dog-friendly glue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, last quote notable here. For his role as Snoop, Border Collie Messi was awarded... Mm. The Palm Dog at the 2023 Cannes Film Festival. I love it. He's uh, what would you say his name was? Messi. Messi is not my favorite part of the movie. You so you really like Lionel Messi, huh? No, just the dog. <laughs> so him, so Lionel. But uh, so that's it. That's the potent notables. That's the potent notables. So let's go on to the uh, to the movie overview. Real, real.
do you suppose you know you just mentioned snoop uh like you know the name you know because he's a dog and everything like that but do you think the the father say is genuinely like a big american rap fan sure seemed like it because <laughs> we have snoop and then we have the song is yeah, yeah, a big part yes <laughs> um i was actually kind of mad that i knew that that was the song he plays going into it because i read, or, read it in a review oh, because really? it, it would have been just it, i feel like it would have been a fun just random thing to do. okay why well, is that the song but it was like that for me when i saw it good you're like wait a second kinda, actually no not really i did read about it kind of oh, hard okay. to miss it with all the pope notable searching yeah that's true but still it's like you know okay that's <laughs> that's like a weird what is it like a reggae version of an um, instrumental yeah, of with with steel drums you know mm -hmm. <laughs> it's okay that's not quite how the movie starts but pretty close to it though but yeah. here we go we're watching uh we're watching a french film which yeah. you know i try to avoid as much as I can. <laughs> whatever i get yeah <laughs> um and then right away you get the that bouncing ball that's been glued um mm. dog friendly glue did it feel to you like the the interviewer the girl was kind mm. of aggressive yeah, she was kind of weird about it. Um, when I first saw it, I thought it was like a uh, more of a like explain something about your work that I don't like kind of interview. Yeah. Rather, rather than like a tell me how to write interview. I know. It was really bizarre. And also she's like, I don't want to be a writer. I'm like, what mm -hmm. the fuck is happening here? Yeah. Why are you talking to her? Yeah. You know? How did you get an interview with a novelist and you don't even want to write? Yeah, like what's what are you what are we even talking about? Yeah, I mean the only thing I could think is that that Sandro is like, okay, show me the pictures of who wants to interview me. Ah, yes, mm. that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> as we come to learn later. Um, I'll take her. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely felt like there was some tension <clears throat> between them. Yeah, it was definitely getting tension from uh, from from Sandra. Sandra's point of view for sure and yeah uh, I could I like, could I it felt like the chair was getting pretty moist she was she did a lot of <laughs> leaning back and being very very comfy and so, yeah that's fine but uh and then we get to hear pimp and then we get to hear pimp yeah and then I love that I love the part where it's playing super loud right <laughs> They're like, okay, well, I guess we're trying to talk through this. And then um, I love the part where it stops and then it just starts again. It's like, <laughs> that's the moment where they're like, okay, this is not going to work. He's just going to, this is going to, so this song is going to be on repeat. I wonder, you didn't get a potent notable about what that is, right? What song, like, who, because, like, is there a whole album yeah. of, of 50 Cent instrumentals, yeah. instrumentals covers? Hold on, let's see this. I'm going to look it up. This is the potent Zotables. This is X. Ooh. Anatomy of a Murder by Duke Ellington. Um, that's a movie. Uh geez, I'm not getting Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, I'm so, okay, sorry. It's in French. <laughs> Anatomy de Chute. <laughs> musique originale. No wonder I couldn't find it. Oh, this is like this is like actual music. Like, yeah, I think this is like supposed to be what he plays on the piano. <laughs> oh well that's dumb. You know, I looked up Anatomy of a Fall and it's giving me um soundtracks for all like all the other best picture winners, the holdovers, killers of the flower moon, poor thing. Oh, that's like, fun. It is fun, but at the same time, like not what you're looking for. Oh, here we go. P I M P. 
by the Bacow Rhythm and Steel Band. I'm going to listen to this the entire recording now. You have to turn it up really loud. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you're just trying. <laughs> well, I won't hear it, but you'll just have to. Be, you'll. I'll hear you keep being like, "What'd you say?" Yeah, exactly. Um, hold on. Well, anyway. We also have Jungle Fever. What's Jungle Fever? This is important. I don't care if you need to move on. It looks like it's not largely necessarily rap songs. I don't know. That's, I don't like it now. <laughs> I don't like Leave it, it to the French to screw that up. I know. Well, hold on. The Bacow Shrouded in Mystery and Hailing from Hamburg, Germany. Bacow Rhythm and Steel Band is a collective led by multi-instruments Bjorn Wagner. Oh, here's nothing but a G thing. Excellent. Oh, cool. And how we do. I like it. And Hotline Bling. This is great. All right. So anyway, continue. But I, the next thing I wrote was, uh, okay, so yeah, she really wants to bang that girl. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. And then I wrote, does he have the song on repeat or something? I didn't notice the stop and restart thing. Mm -hmm. um, but Sarah puts things on loop. So I was used to that kind of. <laughs> she puts P-I-M-P on no, not P.I. I I would not put it past her, but um, <laughs> if she gets into a song, then it's just going on repeat. And honestly, it doesn't sort of like, like why we're perfect together, because I don't even notice. That's incredible. I would very much notice. And I'd be like, can we please say something else? She notices it. I can listen to I anything can be on. And if I'm not interested in listening to it, my brain just won't listen to it. It's incredible. I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like a superpower for me. I'm so impressed. Um, did she I'd, do it like there is the same as you? She's like she would. She doesn't understand how I can. She's like, how do you just tune that out? I'm like, I don't yeah. know. It doesn't matter. So I don't need if to. My pay brain to isn't it. interested in it. That's incredible. Oh wow, I'm so I'm so impressed. Um, <laughs> does she play music aggressively though, like for anger? Um, no, no. But uh, so basically, the kid's gonna leave and everything. I, we see him walking around and it's very contemplative, you know, there's not much going on. And then, uh, and then the kid finds a dead guy. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's, walking, wrote, he's walking around with Snoop and then he comes back and, you know, it was actually a pretty well done scene in my opinion. Um, I can, you know, I'm pretty sure I knew the guy was going to be dead. Right. Right. <laughs> Still him right, finding it was, was, was kind of emotional because it was, you're seeing it from seeing it quotes from the kid's <laughs> perspective. And uh, oh, is that actor actually blind? By the way, I don't think so. Oh, now I've got to look it up. Son of a bitch! Hold on, I'll, I'll he sounds stupid. I'll keep listening to nothing but a G thing while you look it up. Actually, I was hoping you would send that one to me because I was curious what that would sound like. It's actually kind of dumb, in my opinion. But that's okay. oh, really? It's fine. Um, one, two, bring it to the four. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at your door. Well, okay, so, so back on up. I got I got the info for you. Give me the info. Hit me. So basically, uh, the reason that it took so long is because Justin Trier was uh, mm -hmm. was looking for blind and visually impaired actors for the role, mm -hmm. um, and then decided to open it up to people that could see, and that's mm -hmm. how she ended up with this guy, this kid. I think he's really good in it, personally. Yeah, well, uh, not to ruin anything, but I actually agree. So, so yeah, what I wrote was, so here's the dead guy I've been waiting for. <laughs> he's the one I've been waiting for. <laughs> the dead guy. Yeah, he's dead. He fell, it would seem. Yep. We don't know. 
and then yeah we don't know it's um i know so many people who would just freak out at this movie what do you mean you never find out you know <laughs> you can you have you can believe one or the other or you can think one or the other is what i mean um but yeah i uh he calls for the mom i think the part of what makes me think she didn't do it is that when she that her reaction here seems genuine to me when he like calls for her and she sticks her head out the window i think i'm remembering correctly and runs out she seems well, genuinely upset we'll get into it with the rank okay uh, okay but i don't believe that anybody could walk away from this thinking that she did it mm -hmm. but anyway cause they, they do a little autopsy here and mm -hmm. um you know cause of death head trauma mm -hmm. um it felt like a very realistic autopsy i mean but what do i know but it just felt real mm -hmm. um, um would you how strange that we have multiple best picture nominees with post-mortems I, yeah, I know. It, one that's very professionally done, one that is yeah. very much not. Very much not done. I hope that's not how they do it. Yeah, right. one. But this one's good. Um, and then they do a, a slideshow for the opening mm -hmm. credits, which I thought was really effective, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like when they do the opening credits and they, they build story with it, you know? Rather, rather than elevator. Rather than elevator. Although elevator's great, DeBont. Way to go, Jan. <laughs> Funny, we hated that opening credits, but we liked the movie. So I know <laughs> we're always bashing the opening credits. Yeah. Well, they were really boring. And then we get Vincent. Mm -hmm. And they they don't really explain who he is in the beginning. You mm -hmm. know, you're sort of assuming that it's probably the lawyer, but I'm like, who's yeah. this fucking Vincent guy? Yeah, I didn't get it either. And like, I was like, is he a? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say it's clear that they know each other. So I was like, did she just didn't like invite over an ex or something like to hang That's out? Yeah, that's what I thought at first, too. I was like, this is weird. Yeah. Um, but then I'm like, well, did she hire a private investigator? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't really know how this was all going to play out. Um, you know, you, you get, I, I said, I'm guessing Vincent is her lawyer or he is a private investigator that, mm -hmm. she, that she hired. But, um, but it was interesting because we're learning, like, sort of subtle things. Like, she's like, I was in my bedroom. I'm like, oh, do they have separate bedrooms? Yeah, they have separate. Yeah, I, it was great how they just dropped little, little things like that without making a big deal of it or going out of their way to explain. The other thing that I thought was neat too is um, she says in this part that he played the song really loud to piss her off. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. I mean, it makes sense that that would have been the case, but like when they first show it, she's like, "Oh, it's my my husband's working. That's what he does." Like, it didn't, it didn't occur to me that like he was doing it to piss her off. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't even occur to me that he was trying to make his presence felt, you know, yeah. I just thought, Oh, I guess that's what he does when he works, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, you see, it's actually, there was the opposite for me. I, I very much got the impression that he was doing it aggressively. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then when she said, Oh, he's just working. It felt, it felt to me a little bit more like that's just, that's what are you going to, what are you going to tell the person interviewing you? You know? Yeah, he's a jerk. He does that because he doesn't like me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I, it's, I just, it, I'm, and I'm not saying that either of us are right or whatever. It's just it's interesting that we saw the scene a little bit differently. Well, I think it goes to show our personalities and that you tend to look a little bit deeper into things, and I tend to be very naive at first. No, no. I think I assume everyone wants to piss me off. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> look at that well, guy walking down the street. He's doing it just to make me mad. <laughs> um. 
so anyway, I, the house is pretty cool. I like the yeah. house. You know, yeah, it's it's neat. They're they're up in the I guess the maybe the Alps or not the Alps or the uh, Pyrenees or I don't know where they are. But now that I think of it, I assumed it was the Alps. Um, Grenoble sounds like something that's in the Alps. But... Grenoble. It sounds like they're trying to say granola, but they fucked it up. French. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> just like they fuck everything else up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, you're actually right. It's a city in the Alps. Yeah, it's in Alps the Alps. <laughs> yep, it's in the Alps. Quite lovely. You're right, though. Well, it's got those yucky mountains in there. You know? <laughs> yeah. They're like your six. <laughs> yucky mountains. <laughs> I don't like mountains in my peanut butter. <laughs> um, just in case our listeners don't understand that reference, is that Zach prefers man-made uh, visual yeah accomplishments yeah. as opposed to uh yeah. natural need the house uh, the house a a number one mountains yeah, yeah exactly exactly i actually uh, i actually don't like mountains and wouldn't want to live in the mountains but it's pretty yeah okay um i i, I would like living in the mountains i wouldn't assuming i've got a lot of acres and an ostrich farm there um <laughs> ostriches like mountains i don't know they like wherever I have them live. Um, They're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're going to see her going up to Daniel, and she's sort of kind of pressing him really hard to get out of bed. Yeah. I was kind of surprised by that. I mean, I just felt like, well, let him grieve. His dad died. Yeah, you know? It's, like, it's not like he's just, you know, sad because he lost his PlayStation game or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. That's a really stupid example. But, well, yeah. but sure, you know. Yeah. Seems like, could, okay, you know. Seemed like it was like, just let him be, you know? Yeah, dead one of two primary parents. That's like, you know, kind of big. Yeah. And then later it's going to be, you're going to be indicted as like his other, you know, primary caregiver caregiver is going to be indicted. Yeah. It's um, like, it, yeah, that's the thing. It's not even just he died of a heart attack, clearly, like in bed or something like that. This is like something happened here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Monica's going to show up. Mm -hmm. Who has some sort of history with the family um we we see her here and we she gets mentioned later as monica could just babysit him mm -hmm. so i don't know what her story is there but um monica's gonna suggest a psychic to the boy <laughs> which Sandra doesn't like um, i don't like it either so there's that well, so i get it right i get that that like isn't good but also i don't know does it really hurt anything I, <laughs> I guess it could, I, but I think it does, but that's all right. It's I guess whatever works for whoever. Yeah, I don't know. But um, I mean I've seen the psychic of you. No. I've seen one, like you know, like walking around and well, they're all full of shit. They just tell you what you want to hear. Well, yeah. Um, but it was still kind of fun, you know. I want to be one of those uh, every so often I think I'm gonna become one of those like professional debunk. You know, bullshit people. Like I'm gonna be. Uh, oh, what's his name? The magician. The uh, who uh, spent a lot of his time <laughs> debunking bullshit. I can't remember his name now. I watched a whole documentary about him. I don't know who you're talking about. Is it Morgan Freeman from? Uh, yes. Now I, have you seen yes. Him? Yes, Morgan Freeman. That's the one. <laughs> uh, I'm like really on top of James Randi. That's who he is. Oh, he was great. He was a, he was he was you know an actual magician and. Uh, he had a prize even. He was going to give you a million dollars if you could prove that any kind of occult, you know, supernatural stuff was real. And of course, nobody can. Yeah. Unclaimed. 
So does that mean you believe in ghosts or no? Uh, no. Yeah, me either. So, yeah. Um, because yeah, but but I always think that's gonna be me. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be no, you're wrong, psychic, and that because they're gonna be like we're just gonna be like seance around the table and the table's floating or something. And I'm going to I'm gonna turn on the lights and be like, this is nonsense. Clearly, this is blah 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 blah. They're using flubber to get that table to fly. <laughs> using flubber. <laughs> then someone's gonna go, well, how'd the flubber get real? <laughs> you've just you've removed one mystery and added another. But anyway, let's get back to that. <laughs> Um, if only the if only the husband had, had flubber, he'd be here with us now. Well, she's gonna talk to the lawyer Vincent again here, mm -hmm. and uh, the, you know the, he's talking strategy and stuff, and but he's like, he he said he doesn't believe that he fell. Yeah, I was like, that's I, not good. <laughs> like, no, it's not good. I I actually get what he's saying here too because it's just like it just seems unlikely. <laughs> like he's he, and like I I think it's actually a good lawyer here, good lawyerdom. Because he's like, I actually feel like he's a pretty good lawyer. I do too, actually, which is nice that he's her friend. I'm not sure. Do you usually get friends to like, is that a conflict of interest or no? I don't think so. Well, you can get your buddy, yeah, because your buddy can defend you, you can defend yourself. That would be a that's conflict of interest too, in the same, you know, that's true. I, I kind of wondered if, if lawyers would, would tend to turn that down and be like, no, I don't want to represent you, you're my friend. But uh, I guess you're right. I think so, it would be hard to lose, you know. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks a lot, guy. Yeah, I guess we're. Uh, but I mean, you know, my cousin Vinny, right? That's actually true. You're right. Um, apparently, according to lawyers, one of the best legal movies around. Oh, really? Yeah, lawyers say that that I movie that is movie. like one of the most accurate depictions of how law actually works. It's like it's like cited in law school sometimes. Really. I, I didn't know that. I've never, I've never been to law school, but uh, that's what I hear. Um, I don't know if this movie is an accurate depiction of the French legal system or not, but I think this is a good, uh, a good, a good tactic by him to be like, "Look, it does seem unlikely that this happened, so we need to figure something else out." You know, we can't just be like, "You fell," and hope that they yeah. believe it. Well, I also like that he's like, "It's not about the truth," you mm -hmm. know. So it's just about like crafting a story here that's going to be mm -hmm. believable. Yeah, that's which pretty is believable. depressing. You know, but yeah. um and then the you know, I, I thought it was interesting she brought up the the attempted suicide. I'm doing air quotes, mm -hmm. um the vomit and pill story. Mm -hmm. I just I'm like, how would that work? Nobody else was there except you. You didn't tell anybody. Like I would yeah, I would think the lawyer would be like, Yeah, we're not gonna do that. Yeah, that's not helpful. <laughs> this is just but like they ended up nothing. using it and I just yeah. was surprised by it. Um and at this point, I'm like, I can't tell. Did she even like her husband? You know, it doesn't seem like it very much, does it? It's just that they're not showing much. It's interesting how they're not showing much love there at this point. No, they're not. And I feel like it's on either side. Not that we're getting much from the husband, right? I, but throughout the movie, there's not really like she says that she loves him, you know, mm -hmm. and that they love each other. But there's never really much there to make you believe that. Um, I, it, it, I find it a very uh, a realistic and. Um, I don't want to say touching. What word do I want to use? I want to say it's actually like a kind of an emotionally affecting um, depiction of a marriage that maybe there's still plenty of love there, but it's hit the skids right now. You know what I mean? And I think it's it's realistic in the sense that you know in most relationships you you gain a comfortability and that it's more about companionship than it is about you know romantic or passionate love. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, so there's but there's a mutual. 
usually what love is at that point in a marriage is just mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, yeah. Um, and we come to learn that that is sort of. That's failing at that. That's moment. failing as well. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, however, I do get the impression that with work slash time slash the right circumstances, it's not like they absolutely despise each other. I feel like. Right. And I feel like she also has respect for him in the sense that like she just she wishes he would do more of what he's mm -hmm. passionate about yeah yeah that, like that's it's really i don't know we'll we're not quite to the point where we find out about his writing yet. no but we're going to find out that judges are apparently investigators in evidently history. yeah yeah um so then then this investigator slash judge is just going to be a giant dick to the kid pretty freaking much um i wonder if you heard them at all yeah Okay, he just made it up, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, they are they're like quite nasty to the kid, and that's like the, this is the very first instance where I'm going, what the fuck? Why are they being so weird? Yeah. Well, and we'll get into this in the rank. I got a whole diatribe about this. Cool. Um, but uh, then then we get the reenactment, right? Mm. So they're gonna reenact. They're gonna try to prove or not prove necessarily, but they're trying to see what level the voices would be at based mm -hmm. on where the kid said he was. And and then, you know, it turns out the kid remembered where he was wrong. And, mm -hmm. um, and I'm just like, and then they're like, oh, wow, those kids fucking whatever, you know, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, the most traumatic experience that the, the, in this person's life ever. And he's just a little kid and mm -hmm. he's blind. And you're going to be like, wow, let's fuck this guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is actually a little bit brutal in a sense. Um, because like, I don't know, I, I feel like in a legal system, that should be a lot more like, well, are you sure that's how you remember it? Or, well, it doesn't look like that that could be possible. So I'm not sure. Or something like be gentle. These yeah. people are just like, told you, dumbass kid. I know. And they're like, see, they were yelling. He's like, but they weren't yelling. I know yeah. they weren't yelling. So why why is it that like it, it just very much shows that they're they're very that they were more interested in uh, in prosecuting her and yeah. than they were in finding the truth like yeah. they had already decided it's so uh, inappropriate <laughs> like yeah. like you said this kid like that would bother me a lot if I was a kid that would like haunt me for the rest of my life these fucking assholes being being dicks about it well that so at that kid's age because what is he like supposed to be like ten. Yeah, 10 or 11 is what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I remember you at 10 or 11, and I can tell you that you would not have stood up for that. Like, you would not have <laughs> stood for that, I should say. You would have uh, You would have had some choice comments. <laughs> just, 11, just 10 or 11-year-old me being like, now hold on a second there, Mr. Judge. Uh, well, see, the thing is, I don't think you would even, I don't even think you would say anything. You would just stare at him. <laughs> and you'd be like, "Well, I'm done fucking talking to you." Like you wouldn't yep. say that out loud, but you'd just be like, "Yeah, we're done here." <laughs> yeah, um, I, uh, I haven't changed much, I guess. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I've always had a hard time hiding my emotions, so if I was angry, you could always tell. So, yeah, no kidding. And when you and when you're angry, it looks so much worse than it even really is. And then it hurt. It it makes it worse. Because you know that people can tell you're angry, and then it pisses you off that they can see that you're angry. So then you get even more angry. Do so I have that about right? Yeah, it's about right. I'm imagining myself as uh, um, the uh, from inside out, the you know, anger, the Lewis Black yeah. guy. <laughs> just, just flames coming out of my head. That's me. Yeah.
And then, uh, and then, you know, of course, if it was me at 10 or 11 years old, I probably would have just been an asshole. Like, yeah, I would, you would have been, you would have been legitimately arguing with them and been like, you know, yelling and yeah, I would have gotten myself into trouble. They'd be like, maybe it's the kid. <laughs> I feel like it might've been the kid. He's just like threatening to, I'll throw you out the window. Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> maybe it was the dog. So anyway, the, uh, they get this reenactment, which was difficult to watch. And then, uh, yeah. And, and, and then we're now the kids playing piano. Right. And I'm like, Oh, I guess that's why he did a bunch of piano lessons. Yeah. He's playing piano. Uh, yeah. And that was, it was, a. I also, I liked this moment. This was a good moment where it felt real with their connection. Like they felt like mother and son. She, he like accidentally bumps her head and he's like, sorry, you know, while he's like cuddling with her, but mm -hmm. she's like, it's okay. And it just felt very like, I don't know how you, act that i feel like that just happened and they yeah. left it very naturalistic yeah uh, but here we go she gets indicted and um mm. and you know they're like saying she should be in jail right no no bond uh mm -hmm. she's a flight risk i guess yeah and um and and they don't want her living with her son because she could exert pressure and i actually get that argument you know? Yeah, I do too. But it's it's like you know, it just seems really cold, doesn't it? it yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, you want these this situation to be like as 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 untraumatic. It's not a word. As as little trauma for the kid as possible, and you're gonna do this, you know? Well, this I get this, it. But and this know. this goes towards the whole innocent until proven guilty thing, mm -hmm. right? Because like, if if we're gonna treat her like she's innocent until you know, the state proves that she's guilty and mm. there really shouldn't be an issue with her being with her son. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I assume that this might be part of your diatribe later, so I don't want to ruin it. I want to save it. <laughs> but, um, do you get the impression that the, the French legal system is presuming she's guilty almost? Yeah. So we'll get there, but, uh, I was really confused by the whole French legal system here. Uh, me too. I hope it's not accurate because I didn't like it at all. No, me either. I was like, um, well, if I'm going to commit a crime. Let me not do it in France. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and then so anyway, we're going to go back. She's talking more to the uh, to the lawyer, and she's like, "I go from her from my German shithole to his shithole." You know, mm -hmm. I just thought it was sort of an interesting um, look into their life. You know. Yeah. And then she's going on a walk, and they're all going on. And then she looks out, you know, they're up on a mountain. They can see the the chateau, mm -hmm. and uh, they they're seeing the test where they're dropping the dummy from the attic. Mm -hmm. um, I will say, you know, they talk about them having money issues, but like this defense would have cost a ton of money. Yeah. So I don't know how they were able to do that. Maybe he was giving her a friend discount. Yeah, I'm, I think I know how she paid him. Um, <laughs> you sound like the prosecutor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but don't you think that it is likely that they are sleeping together? <gasps> says the kiss says the court. The, the judge is <laughs> over there, like eating popcorn. Like, ooh, this is getting good. Did you notice that? Like, they always had the windows open in that yeah. house. It's yeah. in the middle of fucking winter, and they have the windows open. Yeah, I guess it gets hot there in the Alps. The French Alps. There's fucking snow on the ground. So <laughs> this is what I, I like didn't understand. I'm like, how hot do you have the fucking heater on? You know, mm -hmm. like maybe you need to turn that down. 
Maybe if you just turn it down and close the windows. They're, they're one of those people who like the windows open, but the heat has to be on high. So, okay. It's very bizarre. Well, maybe you wouldn't fall out the windows if you just turned the heat on. Yeah, exactly right. He's like, oh, I got to get some air. And then, yeah. oh, shoot, I fall. You know what it is? Um, it's the smoking constantly. They better open the windows so I can smoke. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's, that's the quote of the movie. That's, oh, shit. Him falling. <laughs> Mailed. Yeah. Um, that's actually decent. Do you um, know French? You're so good. I know. I don't. I, know I don't have to know it to be good at it. You know That's what I mean? True. That's true. Anything about sex? Okay. So <laughs> Sarah's in the other room going, mm, "Well, <laughs> one, one of part of that is true." true. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, um, so we're you know we're gonna listen to her testimony about her husband, husband, and mm -hmm. how the kid went blind and everything, mm -hmm. and. You know, it's basically because he just was like, I'm writing. Mm -hmm. Whoops. You know, <laughs> man, I'm writing. Whoops. I mean, that's that's what it is. <laughs> kind of what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, I have to say, I would be overcome by guilt as well. I would be as well. I don't, you know, and difficult. later they talk about, I think it might be in this scene, but she, you know, she's, she's got a good um, way of looking, a good perspective on it where she's like, mm -hmm. well, I didn't want him to feel like he was handicapped. So I just was like this is this is it this mm -hmm. you're just you're blind and that's that's it you know there's not like we don't have to feel bad about it it just didn't mm -hmm. happen and how we deal with it but i think that if it was her mm -hmm. that she would be over overcome with grief as well yeah absolutely so, he's really good at playing the piano by the way yeah that's because he's blind. It comes with it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised he wasn't swaying inside. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we uh, we moved one year into the future, which I was not expecting. Yeah, I guess because trials take a long-ass time. They sure do. Um, it's, it's like, I, I get it, but it's also like, it seems weird. Um, so we're going to head straight to the trial, right? Mm -hmm. And... Um, I have to say, they're not making the prosecutor seem like a hero in this. No, no, no. In fact, he, I, I kind of hated him watching the movie. I was like, fuck this guy. Jesus Christ. I don't even have an opinion right now about whether or not she did it. But a uh, motherfucker. If I'm I was in the you. jury, I would have a hard time. I, I Like, obviously, so just if anybody that's listening to this would select me for a jury at some point, mm -hmm. I obviously would be unbiased and really do it. But if you had this guy presenting mm -hmm. evidence for me i'd be i would have a hard time being like yeah this guy seems fucking like a good guy here mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i bet he fucking did it um <laughs> he snuck in and did it just so he could <laughs> come here and prosecute and yell at her i mean like even he even has this line like that's what you pay me for and i'm like mm. oh god fuck mm -hmm. off and i don't know how that got a laugh yeah me neither like okay french legal system jesus christ i had the hardest time figuring out exactly what not the hardest time that's not true but like it's set up a little bit differently than ours you know and there's like a whole line of like the judge i guess was probably in the middle of the whole judges but you know i was confused by that too i'm like where's the jury i don't think i ever really realized where the jury was yeah the jury's thing. there somewhere it's set up like almost like a i don't want to say a horseshoe because it's a square but i guess it's three sides of a square and like the jury, I think, is on one of the sides, but I don't know. And then also, like, the judge is in the middle of a bunch of other people. So there's all these people sitting up there with the judge, like, at the same bench. And I guess the judge is in the middle because she talks. 
and like I don't know, it's just strange because obviously it ours the judges up there by the by themselves, you know? Right, exactly. And also the witnesses seem to give testimony in the middle, like they're the accused, you know? I know that was really bizarre. To I me. think the the witness box location in our system is is rather less intimidating for me. Well, it's also just like it's interesting that they just kind of go back and forth. There's no like, okay, we're questioning this witness now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't get to just like the the defendant doesn't get to just jump in and be like, uh, can I just say something really quick? Yeah, like, exactly. It's all very strange. And like, and there's, the, there I kind of don't mind that, that as much. I think we do it better. We, <laughs> we definitely do. And I know ours is based on the English legal system. So it's probably a lot more similar. And I don't know where, now that I was thinking of it, I don't know where they're like, traditions come from like i assume you know medieval france or some shit but i don't know anything about it and um i was just striking me about how little i knew about the french legal system the english is similar enough in a lot of ways but this seemed very different in a lot of ways as well and it's actually from and, the aztecs no really well that's kind of random but okay <laughs> they searched the world over for a legal system and settled on that one so okay <laughs> no yeah i uh it was all very it was new to me, and I kept thinking, "Why is he allowed to say that?" Like, yeah, like it felt like the prosecutor was allowed to jump in randomly with snarky comments, like it, it was like it like not, but it was like almost to the point where like the defense was be would be saying something, and the prosecutor would be like, "Yeah, right, <laughs> am I right?" <laughs> like, and I was like, "Okay, well, this is inappropriate," and also I have a hard time taking any legal system seriously when they dress up in dumb clothes. I'm yeah, sorry. right. No kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Even robes are too much for me, and like that's just the judge here. Like, why are the lawyers not wearing just suits? Don't put what put on. Don't put on wigs. Don't put on silly hats. Well, just the prosecutor did. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, the the, the defense attorney had like a robe thing he was wearing, but he didn't mm. have a wig. Yeah, what's how could he? Because of that beautiful hair that he had. Oh, he I had know. He was <laughs> away from his face. So I was like, okay, guy. <laughs> Maybe get a fucking haircut before you do the movie. Um, nice. Yeah. So this this part was interesting to me too, in that um, they showed like the the reenactment uh, video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, now I understand why they they filmed that scene the way they did mm -hmm. because it was there was the point of view of the investigation team a lot mm -hmm. of times. I was like, that makes more sense, you know? Yeah. Because I remember there's one part where like the camera is like in the way of the guy walking and has to step back and everything. I'm like, what what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. Um, but now it makes sense. And then we get some more calling the investigators judges, which I found really really odd. Mm -hmm. Um, but we get this really cocky guy who was a blood spatter expert. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is several of these witnesses, it was like, what the fuck? Why are you so angry? I, I'm like trying to temper it. Um, I, I'm, I, I want to wait until we get to the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited, actually. That's why I keep jumping the gun. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this, this I, I hate this kind of testimony because I don't really believe the blood spatter stuff. And it's not that I don't believe that there's a science there. But what I don't believe is that they're always way too sure, right? Yeah. And then we get later on and we have a woman who's not acting like she's completely sure. She mm -hmm. just says it's a high probability. And that's the kind of thing I'm more into. If you say it's definitely this way, then I don't fucking believe you. Yeah, 100% the same. Like, okay, you're, this is like, you've actually convinced me you're not because, in a sense, because you're telling me it's 100%. Yeah. And like, nothing, nothing is. Nothing ever is. And that's why yeah. I was like, yeah, this guy's not winning me over at all. Um, 
and it's just from blood splatter. Like, there's nothing else. Like, you don't think that just there could have been a random wind or some shit, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and then, and then, you know, now we're going to cut to a scene where the judge, which I guess is not a judge because yeah. judges are investigators. I don't know. The lady in the robe says to, uh, to Daniel, <laughs> "Hey, we're just some. There's just some lady who wandered out of her shower." <laughs> right, exactly. Um, trail going. <laughs> well, she's going to tell Daniel that he. Uh, that they don't want to let him be a part of the trial. And, he, and he, they're like, uh, well, you know, we want, we don't want you to be hurt or whatever. Yeah. And he said, well, I've already been hurt. Mm -hmm. That was a really affecting scene. And it was it goes along to what we were saying earlier and that he's, he's a good actor. Yeah. The kid, kid was impressive. And then they, they, you know, I wasn't sure about the separate bedrooms. Like it was, it was kind of again, ambiguous, which is a lot of this movie, mm -hmm. uh, but then they confirm it later that they have separate bedrooms. Yeah. Um, and then her lawyer brings up the suicide attempt and I was like, wow, I'm surprised that they're even going to bother with this. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I have thoughts on that too. So to ask when we're in during the rank and everything, Mm -hmm. Ask me about the the suicide attempt thing, it's just because okay. I don't want to. I don't think I wrote it down, and I, I want to make sure I say it. Okay. Um. But one part that I did like is they bring in Samuel's therapist, and he's basically just kind of bashing. Yeah. Uh, Saunders here. Also, Saunders doesn't like, seem, it doesn't seem relevant or okay. But whatever. right, exactly. Um. Well, I, I get why they would do it. I mean, it goes to her character, right? It's because mm -hmm, they're trying mm -hmm. to establish her character. But she's like, well, if you if I had a therapist, then that person could come here and just say nasty things about Samuel. Because mm -hmm. that's yeah, what exactly. a relationship is. You argue, and then you complain about that person to another person. So they yeah. often hear the worst parts and not the good. Like, you don't, you know... Like you don't go to yeah. your therapist and be like, "Man, all this great stuff happened to me." They'd be like, "Why are you in fucking therapy then?" Yeah, you know? sounds like you're doing good. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And like that therapist doesn't know her at all. You know, I think yeah. they make that point too. And it's like, you know, this all you can do is testify to Samuel's state of mind, not hers. Right. And then yeah, I, I also didn't, I didn't write this part down, but I was like, "What do you mean you prescribed him?" medication to like preempt the depression you knew was coming yeah oh I that's see. not how I it works that's not how the program no. <laughs> i can't, wish it was they should just that. give that to everybody yeah exactly i mean it's just it's a ridiculous i it's a depression like, vaccine <laughs> i i just felt like he was kind of a quack when he said yeah that. yeah me too and also he's he's also doing the he's extremely certain you know right exactly Act. i know he's like i know that she is mad because and it's like okay and then, uh, and then she's like, "I resented Samuel for projecting his own pain onto Daniel." Mm -hmm. I'm like, "This is some great writing." Yeah, it absolutely is. It's uh, well, well I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> so um, now we're gonna get a really weird scene between Vincent and Sandra, Sandra, mm -hmm. uh, and where we find out Vincent had a thing for Sandra. Apparently, mm -hmm. um, I did not enjoy this scene. Um, forgive me. Is this the one they're outside and they've been drinking? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, kind of a, it was, it was awkward and strange and I think it was supposed to be, but, um, perhaps a little bit too much. I don't know. I just, why did we even have it? What purpose did it serve for the story of this movie? I, I was very, I was very worried that they were going to, uh, I was too. And I was like, this is not what I want to see. Yeah. It's not what I want to see. And it's not good for the case, you know? Yeah. I was like, I really hope this doesn't go a direction where they do something, even if it's not huge. 
and then the prosecution found out somehow, you know? Yeah. And then, because I was just imagining the French courtroom going, well, is it true that you were sleeping with your client? And then the whole, the whole, you know, courtroom. And I was like, this is, that's not a movie I want to watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm fine without that. Thank you. But no, they didn't go that way. But still, you know. They were hinting at it, though, and I don't think it was necessary or worthwhile um but so <clears throat> when i forgot to mention this also this was one this is one like i knew for sure that she was innocent um because she was like you don't have to lie for me just tell them the truth you mm -hmm. could never hurt me with what you say mm -hmm. you know yeah um you know you don't say that if you're guilty yeah absolutely not and uh again yeah a nice affecting good scene um but so we're gonna <clears throat> the, to go that was before so mm. um we're kind of I'm kind of skipping around. Sorry, listener. So to get back to where we are right now, uh, I was curious. I watched the scene. And I'm like, <clears throat> I'm curious what Daniel's thinking after Sandra went and talked to him. This is when she's mm -hmm. like, I'm not a monster. You know, mm -hmm. um, it seemed like he had something to say, mm -hmm. which, you know, turns out he did. But yeah. And then we go to the trial a little bit after the, the next day, basically. And the judge is like, oh, he needs to see. Okay, fine. Mm. And then, and I'm like, immediately, I'm like, okay, so Daniel's talking to the judge. Mm -hmm. And then they show Daniel coming in after everybody's sat down and everything. And I'm like, okay, so I, I got it. Mm -hmm. You know, Daniel went to see the judge. And then they leave it there for a while. And they mm -hmm. leave it until after arguments have been said. And they're like, okay, well, Daniel's going to say something else. Yeah. It's just a final note. <laughs> a little strange. Um, but this is when we hear the argument. Mm -hmm. The which is like a really bad argument, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, she it, had was, some... it was gnarly. Oh, it was like by which I mean it was like painful to listen to in the sense that like it felt very real. It felt so real. Oh, and I don't not surreal, so real. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was such a realistic argument and such like a imagine argument. Two that people you... that know each other so well, yeah, they know what to say to each other to really hurt each other really hurt each other and so so private it felt dirty listening to it for me i know i know me I too. Like, this is not something you should be listening to and imagine makes you imagine your arguments that you may have had in your life being broadcast like that and oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> i have to say though i think she came out better in it i think she did too just and like that's on top of the fact that he secretly recorded it i know, I know. which immediately didn't make him look good because he knew it was being recorded so you're sort of performing you know, for right. the recording, rather than being as natural as you would have been, and um, like you're trying, like I can only, like I can only imagine it's not, it, you, it would be instinct to make yourself try to seem good for the recording. You know what I mean? Right. But even if she's you're smarter than him, yeah, yeah. Also, she really women is. tend to be better arguers than men. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's you, a what makes you say that I'm the better <laughs> arguer. <laughs> I'm not saying that as a blanket statement or anything. You know. I'm not saying that always is the case, but typically it is. Mm -hmm. If if the woman is intelligent at all, she's probably going to best you. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, she has an interesting comment here where she's like, I don't believe in reciprocity in a couple. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, wow, this is like, it really, it kind of should be that way, right? Mm -hmm. You appreciate each other for how you live your lives. You don't have to do things because this person did them. You just, mm -hmm. that person did them and you appreciate it. Well, yeah, I, I think it goes to like nobody being owed anything, right? Exactly. And where she repeats kind of like, "I don't owe you anything." Yeah, 
And I agree with, with her. She doesn't owe him anything. I agree with it. I agree with her 100 here too. For the most, like this, there's a couple of things that he makes good points, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not completely devoid of points. But. Oh yeah, that's that. That's why it's that's why it's a realistic argument because you can kind of you can kind of see where they're both coming from, and it's a lot about their emotions rather than any sort of logical, you know, right. who's got the better points here. And um, but like I think this is they they bring this up a bunch, but you know, he's trying to be a writer, right? Mm -hmm. He wants to be a writer, I should say. I'm and not sure how hard he's trying. And she is a successful writer. So he's obviously like, I think if you both work in the same field and one person has success and the other doesn't, it's just going to be it's natural. very but, hard. Yeah. Yeah. Not You're not even upset for them. You just, you know, you're not upset at them or upset that they are successful. You just want to be successful too. And, yeah. um, you know, he, he keeps like saying, well, I don't have an opportunity. I want to write. And she keeps saying, "Then write." Then write. So. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm with her. I'm like, "Why are what's stopping you, man?" And he's like, right. "Well, I have to take care of Daniel and stuff." And it's like, "Well, I don't know. If you can't find time, then it's not that important for you, is it?" Right. And I I also get where he's. I get the point where it's like, well, it's not so. It's not that simple. It's not as yeah. as oh, black and white. Yeah. But like, you know, you you say, "I'm going to write." Can you watch Daniel for a while? Yeah. Or exactly. you say, I'm going to write. Can you watch Daniel for a while? She says, no, but we could we could hire a babysitter for a few hours if you want. Mm -hmm. You know, which is her point. You know, like, mm -hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but you you have to do it. You can't you can't wait for me. And this is I, I will say this is, is sort of an argument that Sarah and I have had where I'm like, well, I, you know, like, it doesn't really matter what. But like, I'm like, well, I don't have time to do this. And she's like, why not? Mm -hmm. I do them. And I'm like, right, because I I allow you the time to do them. She's like, well, if you're going to wait for me to tell you that it's time for you to, to do that, then mm -hmm. I'm never going to do that. So yeah. you just have to say, and it's and it's valid. This is my point about women being better arguers than men. <laughs> I guess it wasn't really an argument per se. It was more just yeah. like a debate. But but it, it goes with the same concept here. Like you can't wait for somebody else to give you what you want. You mm -hmm. know, yeah. you have to say what you want. That's That's how it works. Yeah. And he just he just seems to want to blame her for his inability to write, and it's like, right. And then he had this this whole language thing where he's like, "Oh, we speak English here," and blah blah blah. And it's like, mm -hmm. dude, I I really I I did not everything like pretty much from that point on. I was like, this guy, no, mm -hmm. you know, like what do you mean she doesn't speak French? You know, yeah, you that's exactly. That's the exact point she makes. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? He's like, I'm meeting you on your home turf. And she's like, English is not my home turf. German is my home turf. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I speak English as well as you do. And, you know, he's like, well, you didn't learn French. And she's like, well, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Or she does well, know French, just not as well. Yeah. But I didn't hear him speaking German once. Not, um, not once. So, okay. And then she has this killer line. You're incapable of facing your ambitions. Mm. I mean, what a great line. Yeah. The kind of line that somebody said to me in this situation, I'd be mad that they were so right. But um, I will say that the end of the recording turned me against her for a short time. It, it's hard to listen to because it it's a pretty damning violent. recording at the end. Because, yeah. yeah. Because I, you know, I said I wrote. I don't think she killed him, but yeah. I am very much not on her side for turning an argument violent. Mm -hmm. um, it's just not. It's not okay. I I get that he was being a dick, mm -hmm. but you need to leave. You can't mm -hmm. slap him. Yeah. Uh, 
but then her lawyer makes these these points and everything. Uh, he's he's very good in this. Mm -hmm. He he handles this uh, this um, recording deftly. I thought. Yeah, and it's it's a tough situation, but he walks in somehow makes it a little bit better, and it's like oh okay, yeah, because it could have been really bad. And it just he sort of made it. We can work with it. And then and then we get this line of questioning from the uh, from the prosecution. It was so fucking frustrating. Mm -hmm. uh, like there's just so much conjecture and so much weight put on a single argument. Also, exactly. she says a lot of things in that argument, but she's a liar. Yeah, and everything Samuel says is the truth. Yeah, it's just really yeah. frustrating. She's a liar unless something she said proves a point he wants to make. And then, you know, he's like, oh, have you ever, you know, has it ever turned violent before? She said, no, I've never, never hit him before. That was the only time. It's like, so this is the only time it just happened to be recorded. Rotten luck. What a mm. dick. Yeah. I don't think, I don't feel like you get to make sarcastic comments in court. It's just, maybe you do in America too. I don't know. But no, I, I mean, that's, be. that kind of stuff happens, but it's like, I, you know, it doesn't work when it's smug, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I was really wondering what Daniel was going to say, and I was like, geez, after hearing that, I would think it might sort of turn him against mm -hmm. his mom. Um, but it was interesting because, so her lawyer does this whole thing about how, like, let's imagine Daniel's life right mm -hmm. now, you know, and he talks about how uh, his publisher is not responding to him, his publisher friend. Yeah. Like not responding to anything and doesn't really understand what he's doing and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. You know, he's painting this picture and then and then she goes, That wasn't Samuel mm -hmm. when he's when he's done. You know, she doesn't say it aloud for the court, but I thought oh, that was interesting. That was like the one time where I was like I felt like there was a little bit of love being shown there. Like she mm -hmm. didn't like him being presented in that light. Yeah. Um I also liked uh, you know, the the witness that they had for that the talking about you know the expert witness talking about the argument and everything mm -hmm. um and they just kind of tore him apart yeah it's like this is, this is ridiculous um the other thing was is that wouldn't her lawyer know what the kid's gonna say yeah you feel like they need isn't discovery a thing like yeah you can't just have a surprise like but but apparently he just wanted to have a, give a speech. I, I yeah. didn't understand this part. Like that's not how it works. Yeah, he's like, just... uh, excuse me, can I just like deliver a soliloquy, please? And it's like, uh, no, <laughs> just surprise speech. I don't know where. Whatever. No. Well, and that's the thing is that, and that's also true of of what her lawyer does when he's like, let's paint a picture, and and mm -hmm. then the judge is like, contrary to what you may think, that was not his closing argument. Yeah. And I'm like, right, because he wouldn't have been able to just talk. About, they would like the, the prosecutor would have objected, and, yeah. and then the judge probably would have been like, "Yeah, okay, you can't just you, you can question the witness, or you can sit down." You know? Yeah, you can't just you can't just eat gab. I don't know. Yeah, um, I thought this is not a good sign that he asked his mom to leave. Um, yeah, same. And I was like, "What has this kid got planned?" Because I could tell he was planning something. I was like, "Oh God, is he killing the dog?" Yeah, then he almost kills the dog. It's, it's just like this movie isn't upsetting enough. I know. And he was trying to rec recreate his dad's suicide attempt, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that was like the thing that he knew. He like he smelled like throw up and was like this for a long time. And, uh -huh. and I'm like, what fucking aspirin does France have, by the way? <laughs> Some serious aspirin. <laughs> it's got morphine in it. I think the dog is a really good actor. <laughs> right. I'm laughing because it's true. The dog was good. 
It was really good. <laughs> the dog went to Dog Juilliard, you know, for acting. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Juilliard. now Ju Juilliard. Julie. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic and yet bad. And um, yet horrible. <laughs> I 100% agree about it being bad. Well, so now, now we're going to have, he's Daniel's going to have a conversation with Marge, right? Mm -hmm. I thought this was well done. Um, but we have some really deep conversation here because he's like, I, you know, basically, I can't figure out the truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Marge doesn't want to say how she feels about it, which is mm -hmm. good that she didn't. And she never did. I thought they were going to show her telling him, mm -hmm. you know, but they didn't. She just she remains balanced there, which I was impressed by. And then uh, they have this conversation. And she's like, well, you have to uh, well, eventually basically what it comes down to is you have to invent your belief. Mm -hmm. You know, like you have to choose the belief you're going to go with and then and then do it. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable! I was that's kind of deep, yeah, and also disturbing. <laughs> yeah, also that's disturbing. what you have to do on a jury, basically. Yeah, but they they really leave you in suspense of like, what is this kid gonna do? Yeah, I I, I legitimately had no idea which one what he was gonna say or what you know he what where he was leaning. And then they show him walking in the attic, mm -hmm. and I'm like, where the fuck is Marge? <laughs> she should be this blind kid is walking in the attic that just has like little plywood floors you know yeah and and that somebody just recently fell out of to their death that'd be yeah. that'd be that'd be the dumbest twist on earth that he falls out at this point too yeah and then it has the good. exact same blood splatter and they're like oh see it was suicide yeah <laughs> and she and Sandra would be like yeah i'm innocent <laughs> and they got rid of the kid yeah um, fucking blind kid and his stupid piano <laughs> Not now. I have to do is off the dog. <laughs> I'll finally be free. Yeah. Um, we we get more of this even from the prosecutor. Um, you know, because he's like, he's like saying whether you have to choose to basically believe that she, whether or not he was attempting suicide or she poisoned him. Mm -hmm. And the kid's like, yeah, I considered that actually. Mm -hmm. And but when I think about it, I can't wrap my head around my mom killing him. But I can, mm -hmm. I can wrap my head around my dad killing himself. Mm -hmm. Which, kids really wise, I have to say. Um, what's interesting about this is, you know, I think I've I've talked a lot about how they have young kids saying things that are too smart for them. Mm -hmm. You know, this was a really good way of showing how a kid can be profound mm -hmm. without sounding too smart. Yeah. You know, it was very well written in that way that it was believable, but still very touching and like thought provoking. Yeah. So anyway, she ends up getting acquitted and I was glad she was acquitted. But man, what a shitty thing that poor kid had to go through. No kidding. And if you really committed suicide, fuck that guy. Fuck the mm -hmm. coward. You know, I want to I personally want to believe he fell by accident. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's the thing is that we don't know. The only thing that this was this was determining was whether or not she, pushed, you know, killed him, pushed him out right. the window. We we still really know what happened there. Um, it's an odd. I don't know. It's an interesting time to commit suicide if that's what he was doing. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I just am like, because what an asshole if that's what he was doing. You know, you know, your mm -hmm. kid's probably gonna find you. I just, um, 
And then it continues on this sort of bizarreness where she doesn't go home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they go out. She goes out and like out for a long time to mm -hmm. the point where Daniel like tries to stay awake till she gets home, but can't. can't yeah. And I'm like, how? What? Why? How do you not want to go home to your son? Yeah, I, I, just, uh, I would, I would want to go crawl in a hole and not leave for weeks. Yeah, no my immediate just get me out of public and put me someplace private. But no, she they go to I wouldn't want to have some out. weird drunken flirtation with my lawyer. Sorry, a little bit, a little bit more flirtation, it wasn't necessarily fun, you know. And she's like, Oh, we got to get you another drink. And I'm like, Wasn't he your drive? Okay, yeah, yeah, did, yeah. Well, didn't really... he say he was driving you home? Come yeah. on, come on, France. Um. I did think it was interesting. Shouldn't shouldn't prosecutors have to pay the defendants legal fees when they lose? The um, state yeah. anyway. Well, yeah, it feels like that. However, I do. I, I don't think like they that, do. No, I don't think they do either. And uh, I feel like that might that might cause a lot of. Well, I'm not going to bring any cases to trial unless I'm positive. You know. Wouldn't that be a good thing? I guess, but I don't know. People would rather. People seem that they would rather innocent people be pro be convicted than let guilty people go free. So, whatever. That's gross. It is gross, but it's not. Seems I mean, like this, this person who has you know been acquitted, who's innocent, mm -hmm. is just saddled with debt from legal fees now. Just mm -hmm. doesn't seem right to me. Um, oh, you might be able to sue. They, um, unlaw they unlawfully brought me to trial. I don't know. Whatever. I hope yeah. I hope that prosecutor man has to pay out of his own pocket. First yeah right. Stupid Cause, statements because that guy sucked. Mm -hmm. Um, and it feels like I, I. This is the next line I wrote. It feels like Vincent is trying to fuck Sandra this whole time, and I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> I was a little. I got that feeling a little bit as well, and I also didn't like it, especially like, I don't know, you know, like oh, I'll get her, I'll get her, uh, I'll get her off, and then I'll get her off, you know. Well, she eventually comes home finally, yep. and Marge leaves, and. Uh, I did think it was really interesting the way they lingered after she comes home. Yeah, a little bit. They like talk a little bit, you know? And I, well, I just mean that the camera lingers, you know, mm -hmm. she goes upstairs to his, what presumably his office and lays mm -hmm. down, dog lays down next to her. And it's, to me, it was saying, how do you move on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I liked that. That see, this is the only thing I would want to do is go and sit with the dog. Yeah. After this. So it was very, I would want to go and cuddle my kid, but yeah. Yeah, fuck the kid. <laughs> I think the kid killed him. <laughs> Probably. With his stupid blindness. With his stupid blind. Yeah, he was up in the attic. Mm -hmm. Didn't see his dad leaning out the window, you know? Mm -hmm. And then uh, pushed him back. So mm -hmm. just bumped mm -hmm. into him like, whoops, sorry, dad. This is anatomy of a fall starring Mr. Bean. <laughs> Mr. Magoo, actually. Um, <laughs> Whoa, whoops. Excuse me, madam. He's falling to his death. <laughs> well, he would survive because he'd land on top of Samuel. <laughs> like, oh, you're dead, huh? <laughs> that's silly. I'm gonna just keep going. Um anyway, so that's that's the whole movie. Let's go on to uh let's go on to the rank. Oh wait. So the rank is where we rank the movie based on 10 categories, story, acting, originality, film coherence, cinematography, score slash soundtrack, script structure and dialogue, character relatability, production value, and timelessness. Um, and we rank it on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. The first category is story, and I will let Zach go first. 
Um, story, I gave an eight. Now, I think I might go higher. There's a lot of, uh, you know what? This is there's a lot of categories here. Actually, I might go higher depending on what you say. I hate going first sometimes. <laughs> um, the story was good. Uh, was it like the, you know, was it something that like, oh, you have to go see this story? No, not necessarily, but not that it needs to be. But um, it sort of was the window dressing, or not the window dressing really. It was more this more the skeleton for the rest of the movie to hang on, and it wasn't like what a riveting story. It was more this is a way to get to know these characters and this is what the you you get to know the people through the story and the people are really the the attraction you know yeah. learning who they are and seeing their reactions and spending time with them yeah yeah um i gave it a 7.75 oh i'm not going up then i'm all <laughs> set uh it's a really interesting story um mm -hmm. i think they did a great job of making the trial and investigation seem seem pretty realistic mm -hmm. Uh, I like that they don't tell you whether she's innocent or not, um, but I have to say they construct the story in a way that is meant to have you pulling for the lead. Mm -hmm, mm. You know, so if they were going for ambiguity, I think they failed yeah. um, because at some point the death doesn't even matter. You just want her to be innocent and be with her son. Yeah, um, and maybe this is the point of the story, right? But um, but it feels like it wasn't. It feels like they were going for ambiguity and that people's lives and relationships relationships are complicated. It was successful in that, but I think there may have been a little too much leading the witness here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, could right. gone with, I could have gone with a little bit more ambiguity, personally, because that's what I mean. I think yeah, so yeah. too. Because by the end, it's kind of hard to believe that she could that she did it, unless unless she's kind of like a genius in a sense, and like. Right, unless she's a real psychopath, you know. Yeah, but, which would not be a satisfying ending. But then again, I guess I guess it leaves some some some. But it's not really about that, you know that as much. It's that's why I think the fi the final scene of her lying down and just sort of like you know lying there is uh is effective. Yeah, I I agree. Um, well, the next category is acting, and I gave that an eight and a half. Mm -hmm. I think Sandra Hewler was excellent, mm -hmm. and I really liked the kid that played Daniel. Milo or Milo, I'm not sure how you say his name in French. Milo. Mm -hmm. Um, I had trouble with the actor who played Vincent, which I guess is Swan Arlo, Arlo mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. Um, it felt like he was playing a different part than he was meant to. <laughs> like, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I feel like he was acting in a movie where he was the romantic lead, you know? Yeah. And everyone else was fine to good. So mm -hmm. what do you have? Um, well, I gave it a nine. Um feeling a little a little high. But um, Sandra Euler and and Milo there were, were both excellent, and uh, everybody else was good. Um, I'm not sure anybody else really needs to be like out of this world good because it's very centered on her and the kid. I was yeah. actually surprised at how centered on on the kid it was. Um, we got a lot from him and a lot of emotion from him, and uh, he was excellent. I mean, considering great. yeah, how much I was, he has to yeah. drive the story, yeah. Yeah, and the more and more we time we spent with him, I kept thinking, "Oh, I hope this kid's up to it," and he absolutely was. So, bravo! Yeah. Everyone else is everyone else is fine. Um, not necessarily stand out, but then again, it's not about them standing out. So, right. In some sense, you don't necessarily want them trying, you know, swinging for the fences with their performances because it's like, all right, it's not about you. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the next category is originality. So, what do you have for that? I gave you that a seven. Um, I feel like. Uh, trial movie and did did they do it movie and 
we don't know if they did it or not movie are not super original but that's fine i mean it's it was still original in its story in that it's mostly actually about this marriage more than in a sense it's more about the marriage than it is about whether or not she did it so right. i like that a lot and um i mean this is good it's just you know it wasn't like i don't think that um justine trier was like i have the most original story i'm gonna go right you know like it, it was just like you know like, like i said it's a framework yeah, I gave it a five. Um, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't find it super original. And I, I mean, it's kind of all the things you said, so maybe I went too low. No, um, I, I might have gone too high. Who knows? Because I, I said seven and then said it's not original. You gave it kind of a good score. Well, I, it's a courtroom drama, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's not the first movie ever to be ambiguous about the guilt or innocence of its main character. It's also not the first to use it to show family drama, mm -hmm. I don't think. Um, and you know this doesn't mean that it wasn't wonderfully done yeah um like i i wouldn't call it derivative because mm -hmm. i think that would make it sort of poor production you know mm -hmm. um but uh i just it's, it's not very original in my yeah for me it's a good example of what it is or it's an excellent example of what it is but it's still right what it is it's not something new right this is an so, example yeah. of where the uh the the categories might be I don't want to say unfair, but you know, it might be tougher on some movies than others because like not every movie's trying to be original exactly. Yeah, but I feel like there should be some originality because you know, just repeating the same story over and over again True. is not, you know. True. Um, well, anyway, so the next category is film coherence, and I give that a nine. Mm -hmm. I think the coherence is really good. It pulls you along with the story, it's paced very well. Uh, the only thing that is a little difficult is it's somewhat hokey the way they 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 hinge the verdict on daniel's musings yeah you know no yeah i absolutely agree with that um especially since i don't know it's like they even save him for the last thing so he gets to be more dramatic you know what i mean yeah yeah it felt so i don't know how french courts work but uh, yeah. that testimony would almost certainly not be admissible you know yeah, yeah. um <laughs> especially like he has the floor you know <laughs> like he's, yeah, exactly they're like take it away daniel and it's say whatever you want it's wonderful but at the same time it's like is this really right should they be doing this but anyway right it, it's it's well it's entirely conjecture and opinion like mm -hmm. he did an experiment with his dog where he almost so you attempted murder on a dog <laughs> first of all yeah like let's let's talk about that maybe <laughs> and they did um, not take that dog to a vet by the way they just they let it ride we're like well let's see how this turns out oh he yeah. lived good um it's a nice way to tell the story of daniel deciding to believe his, that his mother was innocent but i think mm -hmm. it kind of hurts the movie actually mm -hmm. um because up until then everything felt kind of realistic mm -hmm. and i felt like that you know and it makes you kind of look back at some of the other things like the uh the, the lawyer doing a closing argument essentially even though Just you know he should have been nothing yeah yeah, and so like if that hadn't happened, I don't know that I would have thought about that as much. But because this happens, I'm like, well, mm -hmm. okay. So what else was kind of hokey about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just don't know the French courts well enough to know like how hokey it really is. Yeah, you know. Um, also, this is a terrible case for a prosecutor to bring. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, there's no murder weapon, mm -hmm. right? But they're saying that she hit him on the head. Like yeah. that's the basis of it, and your your entire case is just like this 
house of cards. I mean, it's mm -hmm. really like nothing. You have nothing here. Yeah. It's you... it sort of made it so like like would they actually have even brought this to trial? Yeah, it's well, yeah. And is it because she's well known or something? And we forgot to mention that part of the evidence, um, hopefully you heard the air quotes there, is that <laughs> something kind of similar happens in one of the books she wrote. Right. And it's not even to the main characters. It's yeah. Just, and they don't even go through with it. And, and they don't I go don't through know. it. Oh, it's so, it's so like, wait, that's evidence. Hold on. You're, you're submitting a passage in a book that she wrote. And then I loved, uh, she seemed to out of context lawyers. too. Yeah. We had a couple lawyers now that I think of it. Right. Cause this is right, a woman. Well, was on, and, on this guy's team. Yeah. On the team. She points out, she's like, hold on a second. <laughs> Cause it sounds kind of damning. Right. Cause it's the, it's, it's like a kind of similar to real life. And then she's like, that's like one passage in a 600 page book by a minor character. And it goes away after that and never comes back. Like, right. So maybe, maybe, maybe fiction is not admissible in general. And I, I didn't mean to jump right in there, but you're like, so you mentioned that the case is so much of the case is conjecture. Yeah, it really is. And it's so, you know, that's, it's why I went sort of lower on, uh, on, on story. Story. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't think it necessarily is film coherence. Um, but there are aspects of that that hurt the coherence. Mm -hmm. what I'm getting at. But anyway, what, what do you have for it? Well, I gave film coherence a nine and a half. I thought um, as far as what it was doing, it was extremely consistent and extremely, um, and it was mo more about emotion for me than whatever the actual legal system is. And it actually kind of helped maybe that this movie was set someplace else and not someplace where I'd be going, hey, do we really do that here? You know, I've seen enough episodes of Law and Order to know that isn't right. I've never seen McCoy do that. Um, so it worked because like I got to kind of like, just go okay well this legal system's weird but it's more about feeling and like and then the kids belief eventually um so it was more about internal discovery than it was about fucking finding out the legal truth which right. is good because i don't know that that, that courtroom would have found legal truth if it had bitten them in the ass <laughs> um but yeah i i was i was kind of riveted the whole time too despite the fact that again it was mostly about internal states and uh, a large part of that we already talked about acting but is from Justine Euler's and uh, and Milo's very very uh, affecting acting performances. I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> so internal states, you mean like like the Midwest, like Kansas, or yeah, I'm talking about Missouri, really. <laughs> the Kansas Missouri thing, you know, that's me. Um, yeah, not bring that up out of nowhere. The fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> We're talking about this, but let me let me bring up race riots for no fucking reason. Um. Anyhow, but but no, like for instance, what I okay, the final speech there, it didn't make sense to me entirely, like on a on a on a logical level, but it was still so moving that I kind of didn't care. I was like, right, it was great, but I just am like, maybe this is a conversation they should have showed him having with Marge. Yeah, maybe. And then yeah, that could have worked. We forgot to mention Marge, by the way. Oh, I did at the end. No, well, yeah, but we forgot to mention who she is. She's the court assigns this like custodian oh, yeah. to make sure that they don't talk, which I guess is a nice compromise to keep him there. But yeah, I I thought it was fine. And and Marge was Marge was pretty good. Not the not just the actor, but like I thought it's a tough situation for some. I don't know what job. Yeah, how do you apply that. for that one? Yeah, but what are your um, qualifications for that? Yeah, nonetheless, 
she's thinking, well, I gotta protect this kid in a sense, but also be nice because, like, I don't want him to be. I don't want you don't. You can't be like, now, now, kid, don't forget your mom's a murderer. You know, like you don't want to do that, right? But also, like, you, at the same time, you might actually be staying there with a the murderer, so that's kind of lame too. But, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, um, but yeah, that's why film coherence works for me because I just sort of the 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 legal drama aspect of it was more an excuse to be examining these people and the people were all very interesting and consistent so well the next category is cinematography so what do you have for that uh i gave that an eight i thought it was good and um it sort of did everything it was supposed to do as far as letting letting the camera linger on on the people and there were some moments that were a little like this is neither affecting nor riveting or anything like for instance the scenes that you didn't like where her and, and the lawyer are kind of like getting flirty mm. you ever notice that we're kind of medium distance and we're kind of both of them are in the frame and we're not moving like we're just watching them as though we're some sort of third person observer and they're just sort of they're drunk so they're sort of shuffling back and forth a tiny bit are they going to go toward each other or are they not going to and we don't move and um the purpose was probably to be a little like make you feel a little uncomfortable like you're watching something you shouldn't but then for instance when we're recreating the argument later the uh, camera work is much more dynamic and we're moving around and we're zooming in on his face and we're seeing how anguished he is and her face and she's kind of coldly logical which i like um yeah that's irrelevant to this but um <laughs> so i kind of i kind of wonder what they were doing in the scenes that we didn't care for like where we're listening to them drunkenly flirt but nonetheless when they were very good at letting the actors give bravura performances when necessary and but just they didn't always quite do it so i wasn't really sure what they were going for sometimes which yeah, is why I I only it, which is why i only have it at eight sorry well no it's okay i, I gave it a 9.25 i actually really liked the cinematography in this it seemed like they were playing with the styles a lot in this mm -hmm. okay yeah and not in like the overdone way that that poor things did. It was very confronting at times and very distant at times. It was meant to evoke emotion, and I think it worked really well in doing so. Okay. So yeah, I, I thought it evoked a lot of emotion too. So, um, but yeah. So the next category is score slash soundtrack. I gave that an eight point two five. I enjoyed the playing of classical music. That was fun. Uh, there was a foreboding to the score that fit well with the film. I thought it was pretty good. I don't really know what else to say. I never, this category is always a hard one for me, but what about you? I gave it an eight similar, similar feeling. Um, they use music well as almost a plot device and, uh, and Q like for instance, a lot of the very beginning hinges on that damn song. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, and similarly, actually it does the same thing with, with his piano playing in a lot of ways. Um, well, do you think they chose P I M P to like, say something about her character sandra yeah i don't know the the prosecutor actually mentions that you know he's vincent was doing yeah are you, you think he's trying to say something here yeah and like okay but i don't know um it's it's a it is a really interesting i can't i'm not gonna gonna uh postulate what the husband is thinking because we just don't know him all that well but uh no. the filmmakers certainly picked something that would be frustrating too because like oh we forgot to mention that she has been unfaithful in the relationship and he knows that right um which is why he has reason to to worry that there's an attractive young interviewer down there 
Right. And uh, she has cheated in the past with attractive young interviewer types. I don't think it was an interview, but. Yeah, and it sure wasn't an interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, unless she was interviewing her for somebody to eat her pussy. Um, I was interviewing her crotch. Yeah. Let's, let's both say I'm going to definitely cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, so the next category is script structure and dialogue. What do you have for that? I, I gave that a 9.75 and I might go higher. I thought it was really excellent. Um, like I said, the structure and everything was really well done, even where it stopped making a little bit of sense. I talked about this in film coherence because because it was more about the emotion for me and the 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 way the characters were thinking their thought process too is more as well as emotion i was trying to get that across i'm not sure i did and um the dialogue was great um I, i've mentioned before i love this kind of movie where you have good dialogue and good actors and they just they deliver it and they talk and you're there with the people excellently done um didn't quite give it a 10 i'm not sure why <laughs> i don't want to hear what you said well, you know, it's funny because I've been vacillating on this one. Um, mm -hmm. I started out at a 9.75 as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually, in our discussions here, I've, I've knocked it down to a 9.25. Mm. And the reason is, is because I think structurally it, 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 it needs a little work. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, because yeah, you were just, talking about, like, with the film coherence, yeah. Yeah, I just think that, um, you know, I... There's just, I think there's a lot that doesn't work with the trial. Mm -hmm. And it really, I don't know if this is true. I don't, I don't know. It made me think like, did Justine do much research for the legal side of things? Or did she just kind of, you know, put that part in there, um, you know, from her own like thoughts? Mm. I don't know. It just felt like it was, uh, it was just the trial was very contrived. Um, mm -hmm. but anyway, I really enjoyed the dialogue, the oh, relationship yeah, dialogue and argument dialogue, especially worked. Uh, it was very clear that someone had taken a lot of care with how they wrote this and wanted it to feel real. Mm -hmm. It was, it was thoughtful and it had great lines, but the lines though profound at times never really felt like they couldn't have been said by yeah. these people. I think I might go up, but I, mean, I think I might go to 9.5 because I, I i struggle with the structure here but um the dialogue was so good it almost overcomes it you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh anyway all right let's go to the next category which is character relatability and i gave that a nine mm -hmm. i think this part was very well done but i really didn't like the way they presented vincent mm. i found it to be very hard to relate to and then i found sandra hard to relate to when she was with him so other than that, though, I, I thought it was was great. What about you? Hmm. Um, I, I gave it a 9.85 just because it, it, I just didn't quite want to go to 10 again. But um, I mean, ev everybody was so real to me and such. Again, so real, not so real. <laughs> Everyone was very real to me and uh, felt so much like real people and so well observed and depicted that you know, I was kind of kind of riveted just on the character level. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that that part was really good. I just, um, I don't know. I, I, I really just didn't like Vincent. Okay, fair. I mean, who does? <laughs> well, not, not Sandra. Not Sandra, yeah. 
All right, well, so the next category is production value. So what do you have for that? I, I gave that a, a 7.75. Um, I feel like it should, possibly should be higher. I keep saying that. But um, I thought the production value was very good. It's just that, you know, it was it's illegal. It takes place in inside a courtroom and inside that house, kind of. And that's it. So, yeah. Well, I gave it an eight and a half. I thought it was good. Uh, the one problem I had was them discussing how large the house was constantly, mm -hmm. but then it really wasn't that big. Mm -hmm. It was. It felt like one of those situations where in like Loaded Weapon One, you know, where uh, <laughs> there's a trailer on the beach and then they go in and it's a palatial mansion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, to, to, I don't know if, if people remember Loaded Weapon 1, but it starred Emilio Estevez and somebody else knows. <laughs> no, John, really nobody remembers Loaded Weapon 1. Do you remember it? I do, but nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, it just never see, it, it just never established the visual to match the written words, which okay. I think is part of production value. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I actually went maybe a little too high, but that's okay. Split the difference here. Works for me. So the last category is timelessness, and I am really wishing I wasn't going first. Yeah, tonight. you suck. I'm so <laughs> glad you are. But uh, I gave it a five. Okay. I just I doubt this will end up being timeless. Uh, I'm sorry to say it, but it's it's just not going to win Best Picture, and mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it's not going to win Best International because it's not nominated. Mm -hmm. So I also think it's unlikely that Sandra Hewler will win Best Actress. Um, it's definitely worth its nomination, you know, worthy of its nomination, but mm -hmm. uh, I actually think it's the weakest of the movies we've seen thus far. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I uh, gave it a six for largely the same reasons. I, it's excellent, and I, I hope in the future people look back and say, ooh, what a good movie they watch it. But, uh, you know, it's not, it's not timeless in this same way that a lot of other things are, um, which is fine. Not every movie needs to be, like, monumental achievement in filmmaking history um i disagree they all have to be they all have to be or else get out of here why even make it we, <laughs> we end up with three movies every year and that's it and they're all monumental <laughs> is that better or worse i don't know but uh that would be kind of heavy to it would be way too want to go to the movies yeah. yeah can i go see something dumb once <laughs> just once not even often just once but uh but yeah um Hopefully, it'll be remembered as a good movie and uh, a well-done movie and a well-acted and directed and written movie. I just, you know, are people going to go, oh, what a timeless classic? <laughs> really, really think. Um, and, so. and obviously, it's not going to win. It's not going to win the categories it's nominated for either, despite, you know, the fact that um, Sandra Ulla did a great job and everything. Um, it, it could win Best Original Screenplay. I could see it winning that. Oh, I could see that too, actually, now that I mention it. Now that um, you mentioned it. But I think it's unlikely, but, you know, it could. It's nice that it got some recognition. You know, maybe in French cinema, it'll be, you know, remembered well. Here's here's my thing, too. And um, I think Justine Schreier mm -hmm. kind of stole a nomination from Greta Gerwig. It seems a little bit like it, yeah. And I think um, Sandra Hewler might have stolen a nomination from Margot Robbie. That's uh, the funny thing, is that people people were angry about that, which I'm not going to touch on too much. But, like, you know, these, these two women were nominated for their performances. That's good. Or their work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I just... But I I, I think that Greta Gerwig did a better job than uh, hmm. than just Justine Trier. I... I don't know necessarily Margot Robbie versus Sandra Hewler. I, I think it's probably similar, you know? Um, mm. 
but whatever. Do you think uh, it's a little bit of a prestige thing? This is like a foreign film, a serious film about legal drama, whereas the other one's, you know, Barbie? I think it is that. And I think it's shitty. I also think it's uh, the Academy can can continuously undervaluing undervaluing comedies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's it as much as as anything else is the fact that they don't know they don't ever know what to do com- do with comedies. Yeah. But that's it for the whole rank here for uh, Anatomy of a Fall, and it uh, ended up with a one sixty two point six. Anatomy of the Rank. Yep, and so that means it uh, it is just below Spotlight. And just above Crossfire, hmm. I liked it better than Spotlight, but uh, I didn't. Not 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 a horrible place for it to be. How how did it do among this year's? I can't remember. It's the lowest. It's the lowest. It's actually, really, it's actually ten points lower Yikes. than the, the lowest, which is American Fiction. I liked it quite a bit better than American Fiction, and probably the holdovers too. But that's okay. Really, I like both of those a lot more than uh, Anatomy <laughs> of a Fall. Well, I guess that explains it. I it, I guess it kind of does. Um, and I, I don't want to make it sound like I didn't like the movie. I just thought... Uh, we've I liked thought all was, of these movies quite a lot. Just yeah, this is an amazing year. It really um, is. But, uh, but yeah, I just felt like... Huh, this, you know, just felt like... I felt like the other ones were a lot more to them than this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com. And, uh, yeah, I guess join us next week when we're going to be ranking Past Lives, which, uh, you know, also nominated for Best Picture in 2023. And stay tuned because um, we're going to do all of them before the telecast happens. But also, we are going to put out a special episode where we, we do a, an Oscar ranking or an Oscar uh, prediction. So mm-hmm. I hope you like it. So goodbye. So I'm going to head out before anybody accuses me of killing the vibe. <laughs> <laughs>